Hey friends, it is so good to gather together again in this way as we seek hard after the things of God together. You're joining us as we continue in our Fit for Life conversation, where we are asking God to allow us to be fully present with Him in body, mind, spirit, and community. Now I'm going to talk a little bit more in just a moment about what you can expect today. But today I'm joining you from inside of our worship center at our Rock Island campus. You might notice that our seating options are expanded as we continue to walk in step with health and safety protocols in our community. We're excited to offer these expanded seating options at our 9 and 11 o'clock in-person worship opportunities at the Rock Island and Bettendorf campus. Rest assured, we're continuing to, to follow safety guidelines and distancing and all of those good things as we gather together creating space for more of us to worship in community with one another. You can check out more details about those services and locations at heritageqc.com. Now, today's service is gonna flow just a little bit differently than in services past. We're gonna spend some time as normal in worship together through music, but we're also gonna interact with the word in a couple of different moments. Spaces where we're gonna interact with the truth of God's word together and then pause and enter into a space where we are fully present with God in our body. And then we'll continue in the time of teaching and conclude with a time of worship and music again. This is done really intentionally as we walk this fit for life journey, where again, we're reminded that God is inviting us to be fully present in body, mind, spirit, and community. Along the way through this conversation, you'll find us entering into different practices and opportunities where we press into the presence of God together. Today's no exception. In fact, I'm reminded of the scripture that tells us a little bit of who God is and what he desires to do in and through us as we gather in moments like this. In Psalm 77, we read this, your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. Whatever you're facing today, whatever your week has been like, whatever you're getting ready to press into, the reality is ours is the God of miracles. And he can move and act in power in our lives right now, today. So as we prepare to press into worship, I'm gonna lead us in a moment of prayer. I invite you to bring your requests before him as we ask God to be the God of miracles who is active even now among us. So let's pray as we prepare to worship. Father, Son, and Spirit, you who have made us as body, mind, spirit, and community, we lay our requests before you, where we need you to be the God of miracles yet again today. We ask you to lead us in these moments. Help us to worship you wholly, fully, because you are so worthy. Go before us now, we pray in Jesus' name.
to see. Oh God, I will praise you. Magnificent with grace unending, you rescue us with love that never fails. Oh God, I will praise you. Who is like him? is like the Lord, strong in battle. Who is like the Lord, mighty to save? Who is like the Lord, King forever? Jesus reigns, Jesus goes before and goes behind. Oh God, I will praise you. Who is like the Lord, strong in battle? Who is like the Lord, mighty to save? Who is like the Lord, King forever? Jesus reigns.
The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I dance, in the shadows I sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. May fall, though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. Though the waters rise, I lift my eyes, I lift my eyes to you. Though my presence now I come alive, I am alive in you. There is strength when I say, I will praise you, Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll see. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my breath may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. Though the waters rise, I lift my eyes, I lift my eyes to you. In your presence now I come alive, I am alive in you. The strength when I sing, I will praise you, Lord. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing that one more time. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep. Hallelujah. friends, I am so grateful for this conversation that we've been having about what does it look like for us to be fit for life, fit and flourishing for life in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirit, and, and all of that within the context of community. You know, two weeks ago, Pastor Jeremiah talked about the reality that our body is part of our eternal story. Another way to say this is that everything that happens to us happens to our bodies. And so the reality is that our bodies carry a lot of our collective experience. They carry our anxiety, our trauma, our fear, our worries, our stretches, our, our, our stresses and our stretch marks and our scars. You name the feeling or thought that we have. And the crazy thing is there's, there's almost always a visceral body response to that thought or to that feeling. You know, our bodies are often the vehicles that clue us in to what is going on inside of us. If we will slow down long enough to listen. You know, if we're honest, many of us have really complex relationships with our bodies. We often can't decide if they're a problem to solve or a tension to manage. For some of us, we view our bodies as something to be conquered or mastered or used up. Others of us view our bodies as sources of shame, disappointment, or discouragement. And there may even be others of us who look at our bodies and we love them so much, there's room for little else. And admittedly, you know, all of these views are somewhat in extreme, but in reality, we all tend to swim in one of those streams in relationship uh, to our bodies. Pastor Sean talked last week about a wonderful mystery described in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so the invitation is for us to honor God with our bodies. I think that's, that's a crazy thought to think about. And an even deeper question begs to be answered here, and it's this. What does it look like for you, what does it look like for us to honor God with our bodies? This is a question that we're gonna keep coming back to in our time together today. And we're gonna look at some different rhythms that we can engage in with our bodies to worship God, to steward our bodies well, and to tell a better story with our bodies. One that points to the magnificence of Jesus at work in us and through us. 
you know, there's no doubt that our bodies live and exist in a fallen physical realm governed by sin and death. And so our bodies tend toward decay. I I don't know about you, but the older that I get, the more aware I am that that is true. Romans 8 verses 19 through 21 talks about it like this. For all creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation itself was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. You see, in God's original design, we were intended to be human beings that perfectly reflected the image of the Godhead. But we know that when sin entered the world, it distorted that design. And so the reality is that we all live in a world where our bodies often bear the brunt of the brokenness around us. And so we, we all experience trauma. Now before you say, oh no, I, not me, I've never experienced any trauma, let me read the definition of trauma. And I want you to, to see how, how prevalent it really is and how much us being exposed to it actually affects what is going on with our bodies. This is the definition of trauma. A deeply distressing or disturbing experience. The emotional shock following a stressful event or physical injury, physical injury itself. You see, your body is what remembers and reacts to trauma all the way down to its cellular level. It's why you can be reacting in your body to something that is traumatic and your mind is not even engaged in that. It's just a, it's a, it's a body visceral reaction that is happening. Sometimes trauma comes to us through our choices. Sometimes it's the choices of others that victimize us. Other times disease or sickness, accidents wreak havoc, and we sit in the ashes with our broken bodies and we wonder, now what? In the book, The Body Keeps the Score, Dr. Vanderkolk talks about trauma's long-term effect on the body. And this is what he says. Traumatized people chronically feel unsafe inside their bodies. The past is alive in them in the form of gnawing interior discomfort. Their bodies are constantly bombarded by visceral warning signs. And in an attempt to control these processes, they often become an expert at ignoring their gut feelings and in numbing the awareness of what is being played out inside. And so they learn to hide from themselves. Friends, here's one thing that I have observed about this pandemic season and its effect on people. There are a lot, and I mean a lot, of traumatized people walking around expressing that trauma in lots of painful ways. As we've looked at, many things cause trauma. And so many of the things that cause trauma have happened to all of us individually or collectively in this last season. Any loss of any kind, isolation, forced change, being exposed to violence, abuse, or neglect. You know, I think about healthcare workers and first responders 
who, who often um, the trauma that they experience isn't necessarily what has happened to them, but it's secondary trauma. It's the collective trauma that they've borne witness to that actually does impact them and becomes traumatizing. And here's what happens with trauma. Unresolved trauma gets stored up in our bodies. Now, I'm a huge fan of counseling and support groups. It's one of the reasons that our church made it such a priority that when we were able to reopen our physical spaces that we got our support groups back together in physical space because community is so important when we're dealing with traumatic experiences. But counseling is another huge step in a healing journey. And so if you're listening to this and you know, yes, I've experienced trauma and I need to get some help, I want to encourage you to call our pastor helpline and we would be, we just love to journey with you, to get you help, to get you um, into a healthy space for the next step of your healing journey. If you're in physical space with us, talk to any pastor on our team and we will set up a time to connect with you to help you walk into full healing. But you know, part of, of dealing with trauma is actually paying attention to our bodies. It's noticing what is going on in our bodies to understand how we are being affected. You know, I've always been a curious person. You may be shocked to hear that. You may not be. I think when I was, uh, my first words, probably my top three words were no, and then why, and probably mom or dad, I don't know, but no and why were right up there at the very beginning. And so being curious about what is going on with your body, it's, it's so healthy to say, to ask ourselves why. Why am I feeling that? Uh, what, what is that connected to? Why, is, why am I having this reaction uh, to, to a person, to a situation, to an event? But you know, it's really important when we're in that relationship with our body of noticing that we do it gently. And, and a practice that I've engaged in for, for several years now, and it has helped me so much, is just gentle noticing. It's where I spend time listening to my body and what Holy Spirit is, is wanting to let me know uh, about my body. You know, over the, over the pand pandemic time, um, our church has engaged in, in some practices around breathing. And we've talked about why we do this and how we do this, but I just want to kind of frame it again in a, in a theology around God, around the Godhead, around the Trinity. You know, one of the, the ways that we can observe what is happening with our bodies is to pay attention to our breath, to, to how we are breathing. Um, is our breathing shallow, rapid? Are we holding our breath? Are we breathing all the way down um, to the bottom of our diaphragm? How are we engaging with our breath? And the reason this is so important um, especially as Christ followers, is that, is that Holy Spirit is actually, and the Godhead are connected to our breath. You see, in Scripture, the breath of God is called Ruah. And it is often used to describe when the Spirit of God is present and active in the world, creating, bringing wisdom, and, and really birthing life. It appears in the Old Testament almost 400 times. The fact that God chose this one word to reveal so many different things to us is amazing, and it's got some, some really cool implications for us as Christ followers who are filled then with the very breath of God. Walter Brueggemann says this about Ruah. The Bible struggles to find adequate vocabulary to speak about 
and name this irresistible, undomesticated force that surges into history to liberate us, to heal us, to transform us, to remake us. We are left with this term ruah, to speak about what we know but can't quite understand. This ruah, the breath of God, friends, this is the breath that parted the waters and created dry land. It is the very breath of God that breathed humans in our creation. It was the spirit that parted the seas and allowed the people of Israel to escape from Egypt and walk into their freedom. It's the same spirit that Jesus claimed and he used to empower the church in Acts. In this ruah, this is what is active in our sacred stories, friends. If we will, if we will get in tune with the breath of God. Now, I know that as we have invited you into breathing, some of you have said, oh, isn't that mystical? And, and isn't that like a practice of Eastern religions? And, and this is what I want to say. The breath of God is something that we should not allow to get co-opted elsewhere. This breath of God, this is no ordinary breeze, friends. This is no ordinary breath. This is our life breath. It is the life breath of all living things. In Genesis 2, in the creation narrative, in which God takes the dust of the earth and he breathes life into it. This divine breath is what connects us throughout history as children of God. It connects us to our creator, to Jesus, and to each other. It is the same breath that Jesus used to impart the Holy Spirit to his disciples before he left the earth. You know, before our Fit for Life series, we talked about Jesus' post-resurrection appearances. And one of the cool ones uh, that Jesus, you know, that Jesus is part of is in John chapter 20. The disciples are up in the upper room. Jesus appears to them and he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so he is commissioning his disciples to be, to be active ambassadors of reconciliation in the world. And then in verse 22, it says this, and with that, Jesus breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the word that is used here is only used one time in scripture and it's right here. Except in Genesis 2, 7, it is the exact same word that is used for when Jesus breathed life into creation. And so this, this breath that we have as, as temples of the Holy Spirit is connected all the way back to the Godhead breathing life into creation. Friends, being aware of our breath is a sacred practice where I feel like it's just an opportunity for us to get in tune with what the God of the universe wants to do in us and through us. Friends, the other reminder that I love about, about how Jesus interacted with his disciples there and commissions them and sends them and how God breathes life into us in creation is that we are human beings. We're not human doings. We're not the sum total of what we do. It is in Christ that we live and move and have our being. Our breath is the evidence of our life. You know, a, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to, to sit with my grandmother, who was 93, as she was in a hospital bed, um, and really get to walk with her and watch her transition um, from life into death and then into eternal life. And one of the things that was so 
um, interesting to me is, you know, lo long after she had lost consciousness and, and we couldn't tell if she was interacting with us or not, she continued to breathe. And then even after her heart stopped, her body, the muscle memory of fighting for breath, her body continued to breathe for a few minutes until she breathed out her last breath. And it was at that moment that life really left her body. You know, let's be real. Our bodies are fleeting, temporal. They are fragile. They are mere jars of clay. And yet, and yet still, they're containers of activity of Holy Spirit inside of us. And our responsibility is to steward that temple well. Paul talks about it like this in 2 Corinthians 4. And if you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn there. We're going to spend the rest of our time in Scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 7. But we have this treasure, and that treasure is Holy Spirit, in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life can be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life, life is at work in you. Friends, it's that, it's that tension that we manage. There is both life and death present inside of us. Every day that we live, our bodies are really, our, our physical bodies, they're a step closer to dying. But they're also a step closer to life, to life eternal. We, we live in our bodies. We live in this physical realm. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it's Jesus' death, his shed blood that makes it possible for you to experience eternal life. There's just like that dichotomy of that life and that death that we walk around in is so present with us. Our outward bodies are always trending toward death, but inwardly, inwardly, friends, we are moving closer to eternal life. So here's what we're going to do. In the next few minutes, wherever you are, whatever space you find yourself in, I want to invite you to start to think about being in a posture of reflection. And we're going to actually practice gentle noticing. Now, I know that that might seem weird, like, oh, there are people around or whatever, but here's what I'm going to suggest that you do. Close your eyes. Our worship team is going to come, and they're going to sing a song over us and create a space for us to be present to Holy Spirit and also aware of our bodies, to be aware of our breathing. You know, one of the things when I began gentle noticing I realized that I was often holding my breath and then like gasping for air or breathing very shallowly. And, and as a practice and as a rule in my life, I was not breathing fully. And I think that was really about stress and trauma and other things. And as I've been able to notice what's happening with my body, I'm able to breathe more fully. It's part of my awareness of, of how am I healing in my walk and in my journey with God, and it's the space I want to invite you into. Um, as you're doing your gentle noticing, where are you holding tension? Are your shoulders up here like this? Do you have a, a, a 
just that pain in the gut of your stomach, you know, what is happening with your body? And I would love for you to sit with this question. What does it look like for you to honor God with your body? You know, as we do this, just let it be you and Holy Spirit and enter into that time of solitude because it's in solitude that we are introduced to our true self. And you can trust God with that space. So I just invite you to to be in a space of reflection as we worship God with our bodies and as we worship him uh, just by being present to him. Let's do that together.
What a beautiful reminder that we are chosen, that we are dearly loved, and we were created for freedom. Galatians 5.1 reminds us of this truth, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so we're invited to take a physical posture of standing firm and steady in that truth. You know, whenever I spend time with gentle noticing with Holy Spirit, um, I, you know, it is my bent to start from a place of critique towards my body. I, I notice the tension in my body, the pain. Um, I feel frustrated and disappointed, sometimes even angry with where my body has let me down. Um, and if this is a challenge for you, I just want to encourage you, before you spend time in gentle noticing, before you spend time in stillness with God, you know, there's always that invitation invitation to be still and know that He is God. Psalm 139 is a great psalm to read through, to really calibrate your heart, to meditate on, uh, so that your posture can be a little more kind and gentle with yourself. And so I just want to read a few of those verses to remind us to come and appreciate our bodies from a, a posture of celebration and even gratitude uh, to God. Psalm 139 says this, starting in verse 13, For you, O God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you. I praise you because I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was knit together in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are already written in your book before one of them came to be. And I wonder, as I just even read that psalm, how easy or difficult for, was it for you to embrace that you are wonderfully made. That you is not just your insides, but it's also your outsides. We are, we are body, mind, and spirit congruently in one. That you are a wonderful work of God. You know, it's really important uh, that we, if we want to have a different relationship with our body, especially our body as the temple of Holy Spirit, our body, offering our body as a physical act of worship to God. We've got to set our intention to do that. And we actually have to cultivate practices and rhythms that make that possible. And so I want to be super practical. I'm going to offer you six different options, um, rhythms or practices that you can engage in. There are so many more, but this is a place to start. And I want to challenge you to pick one and start to practice one in this coming week, and maybe do that for two weeks or three weeks, and then, and then add another one, and see uh, how your relationship with your body and, and God and Holy Spirit indwelling your body, how that shifts and changes. Here's the first practice, breath prayers. We have been inviting you to engage with breath prayers for over a year now, and I just want to reiterate, this is a beautiful way to pray without ceasing. Um, it is, it is, really a way that whenever you become conscious of your breath, whether you're doing your hair, you're driving somewhere, uh, you're out walking, you could even be running because when you're running, you're exerting effort. And so you're maybe more aware of your breathing. What would it look like for you to have a breath prayer that is just ready on your lips whenever you become aware of your breath? Um, for me, one of the breath prayers I go back to is, Lord Jesus, I need you. Um, I start with Lord because I need to live in a posture of surrender. 
And then, and then the reality is that I need to proclaim for my own life uh, my need for God, that I am dependent upon him. And so, Lord Jesus, I need you. It's just one that is always, it's a ready breath prayer for me. There are other ones that I've engaged with seasonally, but I just want to encourage you, ask Holy Spirit to give you a breath prayer that will speak right to you. Maybe you're in need of healing. And so, you know, you really just want to say, Christ Jesus, heal me. Um, that in and of itself is a beautiful breath prayer. It is a way of proclaiming your need. It's a way of keeping your ask before God and inviting Holy Spirit to work in your life. So breath prayers are the first one. The second one is gentle noticing. That's the practice that we just went through. Carve out five or 10 minutes um, in a day. It doesn't have to be every day. It could be three days a week to just spend time with your body to become aware of what your body is telling you and then respond to that. Don't react to it, but just respond to it and, and walk a healing journey with your body. Here's the third one. Get out in creation and be active with your body. One of the things I love about living in the Midwest is the change in seasons. And so we are in a season here in the Midwest of life everywhere. The trees are budding. The pollen has been really high, but it's getting better. So you get out, even if you have allergies, take your allergy pill ahead, ahead of time. But get out in creation and be reminded that life is happening around you and, and embrace that synergy in your own life. Here's the fourth one. The fourth one. Eat food that is good and healthy for you. Food that is like natural and doesn't have lots of pesticides. Go to the farmer's market. Uh, get the potatoes that have the most dirt on them. There's something uh, that invigorates your body when you're just eating food that is just farm to table kind of a thing. I feel like it's, it, it feels almost like God's hand of provision through the farmers, like directly to us. And there's something that happens um, in our bodies when we're eating really good and healthy food uh, for us. Here's the next one. Appreciate the differences. One of the things I hate about social media and the way the world tells us to think about our bodies, it's, it's, it's all by comparison. It sets a body type ideal that is a certain color, a certain hair type, a certain body shape, and says that is the thing and everything else pales in comparison to it. And, and this whole Psalm 139 is an invitation to say, hey, we are all fearfully and wonderfully made and we are different. What would it look like for us to just delight in the differences rather than be so really envious and jealous about what we don't have? Comparison is the thief of joy. Just appreciate the differences and embrace, embrace the beauty of God's created order in all of humanity. And here's the last one I want to invite us into. Do something kind for your body. To care for your body is, is actually a way for us to express appreciation for it, which is expressing appreciation for God's creation. Does that make sense? Like I think a lot of times we, we treat our bodies in a way that's not loving and caring. So go get a massage, um, do your nails, get a haircut, do, do something that is just a splurge, something that is, that is nice and kind and loving for your body and do it as an act of worship and appreciation for God. You know, Paul gives us some encouragement in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. And um, that verse 16, boy, this has been an important verse for me, even in throughout this COVID season, and it's really been tested. Um, he starts by saying, therefore, we do not lose heart. It has been 
so tempting to lose heart in the face of so many challenges. And I know that many of you can identify with that. But we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly, inwardly we can experience renewal day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so, friends, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm so excited that in our, in our physical spaces of worship, we're going to get to celebrate a, a, an eternal work that has been done in people's lives. Um, and we're going to celebrate that through the sacrament of baptism. It, really an, an opportunity to do something with our physical bodies as a symbol of what God has done inside. Oh, praise him that he is a God who is constantly renewing us. He is pursuing us. He has chosen us. And he loves us. Friends, this conversation, we're about fit for life. We're going to continue to be having that. This is, this is just the first part, talking about body. Next week, we're going to talk about mind. Um, then we're going to talk about spirit. And then we're going to really dive into what does it look like if we're all doing that work individually when we come together in community? How can we join together in the mission of God in a more healthy way, in a healing journey together? That is my hope for you. That is my prayer for us, that we would be a church that is on mission together. Let me pray for us now. Father, Son, and Spirit, we are so grateful for how you exist within the context of community, for the beautiful dance that you have done throughout time and space that we get to be a part of as we experience the Ruah of God, the breath of God in us that gives us life. Father, we pray that you would give us courage to embrace new practices around caring for our bodies. That as we, that as we continue to do this work with Holy Spirit and sit, sit in that space of gentle noticing that you would speak truth to us, that you would heal us from trauma, that you would heal us from things that have defined us for so long so that we might experience healing and fullness and flourishing. Oh, how we love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for loving us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Our invitation is to build our lives, body, mind, spirit in community on the strong foundation of who Jesus is. Our desire, our prayer for you is that you would continue to press into that and see and experience all God has for you in these days. Now, as Pastor Beth mentioned, we know that there are several of us who could use the opportunity to speak to someone who can help us. So we encourage you to again, call that Pray With A Pastor line. The number's right here on the screen. And we can help get you connected with a great counselor or somebody who can journey with you as you process what God is doing in your mind and heart in these days. We look forward to seeing you in the weeks ahead. Have a great week.